Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. That being said, are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Let's do it. Let's talk about the call of love this week, number two is where we're at right now. And if you look on the back of your sermon notes, they're a little bit different today because on the back I put a, um, just a, a, a short flyer about the significant marriage. It's a conference that's coming up in, in, um, in just a few weeks, and it's happening at the Wooded Knot, I believe is where it is, which is a venue. Um, is that where it is? Yeah. Uh, which is a, a venue that is just... Uh, incredible. It's, it's beautiful. They did a great job with it. How many have ever been to the Wooded Knot before uh, down in Tippecanoe? Is it down in Tippy? Has anybody ever been down there? Isn't it beautiful? I mean, absolutely gorgeous. And, um, um, and they have a ministry set up there. They have a counseling uh, center that's set up there for premarital counseling for people who are getting married there. And it is, it is Christ-centered. And uh, I, I would encourage you, uh, the Significant Marriage, it is a great conference. So if you're looking at something to go to for, uh, for just for your marriage, just your personal, hey, we, we just want to have a better marriage, then I'm giving you an opportunity. There's something close by that you can go to that is very um, um, worthwhile. I think it'll be a great investment into your, into your marriage, and into your life, into your home. I'm going to read a couple of verses uh, to you as we talk about the call of love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 uh, last week we hit verses 6 and 7. This week we're going to move forward a little bit and hit verses 4 and 5 of 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm going to read this to you, that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Here, here's verse 5. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no records of wrongs. It keeps no record of wrongs. Romans 12, 9 and 10, let's look at that very quickly. Romans 12, 9 and 10 says, don't just pretend to love others. Don't just fake it. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other in honoring each other number one write this down letter a that the call of love demands that we honor others the call of love demands that we honor others i, I want to say it like this as as i have been um counseling uh people for the last 25 plus years in full-time ministry, I'm still very active in, in counseling. Um, of course, I have, I, we have so many people here at New Song, I, I don't take every single um, um, request. I have to move people around sometimes. Dr. Bill gets them. Sometimes I send some to Pastor Josh, and sometimes I take the rest. And as, as much as I've been involved in, in counseling for the last 25 years, what I have found out when it comes to marriage, there's a key component that when marriages become dysfunctional, there's a key component that is missing. And I really believe that that key component is often honor. In fact, people in marriages become dishonorable 
They become dishonorable. They fail to honor one another. And there have been multiple times, in fact, there are some people in this room that have heard me say this in private counseling sessions, that what would your marriage look like if you just chose to honor one another at all times above all else? What would happen if you just chose, both of you, to honor one another? And I know sometimes that's very tough because of the backdrop of what's happening in the marriage because of failures in the marriage, the disappointments in the marriage, frustrations in, in the marriage. But what would a marriage look like? What would a marriage look like if both husband and wife just chose to honor one another? And I want to tell you this. I'm, I'm going to give you the answer. What it would look like is this. It would look beautiful. Not only in the eyes of God, but it would look beautiful to those around you. It would look beautiful to your children. And it would look beautiful to you. Because honor in a marriage brings pretty much everything that you could think of that is needed in a marriage. And I'm going I'm to prove that to you this morning and kind of tell you what honor is and, of course, what honor isn't. And I'm going to give you some, some uh, information here that maybe you've never known before. But let her be, write this down, that honor in the Old Testament, the word for that in, in the Hebrew is kabod, is how most people would say it. I've, I've actually, I think it's really kabod, but... Um, but it means this, it means this, that it's, it's heavy, honor is heavy, or it's glorious, or write this down, it, it means this, to give weight to someone or something, to give weight to someone or something, it is heavy. So a lot of times people would talk about the glory of the Lord, and they'd say, whoa, it was just so heavy, it was just so Wonderful. It was like the, it was like a kabod. It was this the weight of the spirit of God or the weight of the glory of God. I don't know if you've been in the presence of the Lord sometimes, and and you just feel um, like, whew, wow. Then it's the glory of the Lord. It's it's the it's the, let, let me say it like this. It's when God honors us with his presence, and it's weighty, it's, it's glorious, it's weighty, it's heavy, it's glorious. How many know what I'm talking about? You've been there before, you've experienced that. Come on, hands high, show everybody else. It's wonderful, isn't it? When God just honors his people by showing up in power, and it's, and it's glorious, everybody, it's, it's, um, it's, some, it's a privilege to be in that moment. But honor is giving weight to someone or weight to something. Okay. Now the New Testament is very similar in the Greek. The New Testament is tomeo. It means to estimate or to revere or write this down. The, the literal definition is to fix a value on someone or something. To fix a value on someone or something. Okay. So to fix a value, to fix a value, uh, Every person who is in this room, you've, you, you might not be feeling it right now if your marriage is dysfunctional, but, but let's think about it like this. When you got married, you, you, had, you had fixed so much value on your spouse that you stood in front of somebody and said, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in, 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 in sickness and in health, I, I thee wet. Like... 
You put so much value, you fixed the value upon them, said you are so valuable to me that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you, and I cannot wait to do it because you fixed value upon your spouse. But then after the honeymoon, the devil sneaks in, sometimes on the honeymoon, the devil sneaks in, and he starts putting thoughts in your head or the head of your spouse. And, and, and are they really that valuable? Are they really? Because doesn't this really annoy you? And isn't it irritating when they... Don't you just want to punch them when they... Not that you would ever think that thought. I'm not saying any ladies in this room would ever think that thought, but... Come on, ladies, how many have ever wanted to punch your husband? It's okay. You can, don't lie in church, everybody. Don't you lie in church. Goody two-shoes. Come on. Uh, so over the course of time, over the course of time, let me say it this way. Over the course of time, in dysfunctional marriages, you start devaluing one another. You start devaluing one another. The way that you used to serve, you no longer serve. The way you used to give, you no longer give. The way you used to love, you no longer love. The way that you were so committed in the past, you're not so committed now because you, you are acting, let me say it this way, dishonorable. At one point, you, they had, that person had a lot of weight in your life, like, like in, in the past, you gave weight to that, to that person. They were valuable, but over the course of time, to, dis, to dishonor then, according to the Old Testament, would be to think lightly of someone. You just don't think about them like you used to think. You don't care as much as you used to care. You don't love as much as you used to love. You just think Lightly, you take something that is precious, you take a treasure, and you consider it trash to dishonor. This is good stuff, by the way. A lot of people go to marriage conferences to hear this stuff, and you get it for free, everybody, this morning. You get it for free. And what I'm going to teach you today is... I think already you know exactly what I'm talking about because you know if you've been married more than a few months, you know that there are areas in your life that you start devaluing your spouse, that all of a sudden the things that you used to do, you no longer do the way, you know, the things that you used to, uh, to really, oh, this is going to be so wonderful for them. They're going to really appreciate this. And then I hear this all the time. Well, the thing that he used to do, he no longer does for me. He used to bring me flowers every single week. Well, he hasn't done that in a long time. And what they're saying is, I feel devalued. He used to value me. He, I, I used to mean something to him, but now it doesn't feel like I do. Well, she used to cook every night of the week, and now it's like Little Caesars all the time. <laughs> I mean, so what if we have eight kids? That doesn't matter, everybody. Just doesn't. You see what I'm saying? It's like, well, she used to do these things, but now I just don't feel it. She used to get up with me when I was going to work just to say goodbye, but now she can't wait to sleep in, you know, and I've got to make my own lunch. Oh, wow, that's terrible. A um, little sarcasm there. That's bad. That's terrible. Don't. <laughs> Uh, sarcasm, sarcasm is not a spiritual gift, I promise you that. 
And I think what we have to do is embrace a lifestyle of honor. Because let me ask you a question. In your marriage, what would honor not fix? What would honor not fix? If you chose to honor one another in sincerity and love, what would that not fix? Now, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean there's some things in your marriage that don't need solved. It doesn't mean that there's not a backdrop that we might have to deal with and help you through. It doesn't mean that you haven't been hurt. I don't want to downplay those things or you haven't been wounded. Those are some things that you probably need help with and you need to counsel with somebody about those things. But to tell you the truth, if you just lived your life to honor your spouse, the the entire atmosphere of your home would be absolutely transformed. If you just honored one another. And what I'm teaching you today, I'm telling you, is life-changing. Not only for you, but for your family, for your children, and your grandchildren as well. So the lifestyle of honor, number one, write this down, that honor flows from hearts that love and worship Jesus. That honor flows from hearts that love and worship Jesus. Ephesians 5.21 says it like this, and further submit to one another out of reverence, not for each other, but out of reverence for Christ. Out of reverence for Christ. So honor flows from hearts that love and worship Jesus, meaning, meaning if you love, truly love and worship Jesus and you have a reverence for him and you revere him and you stand in awe of him and you're allowing him to work in your life, you're allowing, let's say it this way, you're allowing Jesus and the spirit of God to sanctify you, then honor will become something that you start showing to others. Because honor... Honor flows out of a heart that loves and worships worships Jesus. Honor flows out of a heart that has reverence for Christ. And it makes it, when you have reverence for Christ, it makes it easier for you to submit to one another. And so we have these things in counseling sessions where some some male... um, uh, typically having some dysfunction of his own. Well, doesn't the Bible say she needs to submit to me? Hey, the Bible says you both need to submit to one another. Ephesians 5.21, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And when you say, hey, doesn't the Bible say she needs to submit to me? Hey, that, that is, can I tell you something? That statement is not flowing from a heart that loves and worships Jesus. How many know that to be true? That that is coming out of selfishness, it's coming out of anger, it's coming out of bitterness, it's coming out of things that are impure, and it's not coming from a heart that is pure. Oh, that'll preach right there. That's, a, that's, a, that's an in-your-face statement, right? I mean, that's, and yet it's true, yes, it's true, it's true. That when you love and you worship Jesus with all of your heart, and you allow the work of the Holy Spirit in your life to transform you, to sanctify you, to change you into who God wants you to be, that it's easy, so much easier for honor just to be a natural flow from your life, just to honor, just to honor people. Let me, let me tell you some other good news, that when we honor God, he honors us. That when we honor God, 
He honors us when we revere Christ, when we worship and love Jesus with all of our hearts and honor him. God honors us. 1 Samuel 2.30, let me prove it to you. 1 Samuel 2.30 says, but now this is the Lord speaking. It says, therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel says, I promised that your branch of the tribe of Levi would always be my priest. Well, watch this. And I will honor those who honor me, God says. I will honor those who honor me, and I will despise those who think lightly of me. Remember, in the Old Testament, we said that word was giving weight to something. When when you honor, you give weight to something. That you would say that person carries a lot of weight with me. So I have people in my life. When when my father spoke to me, that carried a lot of weight. When my father spoke to me, I listened to my father because uh, I had a, a heart of honor towards him. It carried a lot of weight. And God says, I will honor those who honor me, but I'll despise those who think lightly of me or who dishonor me, who dishonor me. So make no mistake, everybody, we, in order to be honored of the Lord, we, we also honor him. In fact, in, we honor him first, and then he'll honor us. If, if you think that's the only verse in scripture, it's not. Let's look at John chapter 12, verse 26. It says, this is Jesus speaking. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the father, the heavenly father will honor anyone who serves me. Service, let me say this first of all, service is an act of honor. When you serve somebody, you are acting in an honorable way. You are giving weight to them. You have, a, you have fixed a value. You've set a value on them, and so you are serving them. And Jesus says, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Let me ask you a question. What does Jesus need from you? The answer, let me give you the answer, nothing. Jesus is still Jesus no matter what. He's Savior of the world no matter what. He reigns high and forever no matter what. He has it all. He owns it all. All glory has already been ascribed to him. Jesus doesn't sit there and say, well, I just need one more person to worship me before I can truly be Jesus. No, he's Jesus no matter what. Who worships him or how many worship him? He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, no matter what. And you, so you say, okay, well, how can I possibly serve Jesus? You serve Jesus by serving others. That's how you serve Jesus. Because Jesus doesn't need anything, He's set. But other people do. And that's why he says, listen, if you go out and just serve people, if you give somebody a cup of water in my name, that, that's beautiful to me. You're honoring me when you honor them. When you go out and feed the hungry or you clothe the naked, when you, when you honor them, you're honoring me, he would say. When you're serving them, you're serving me. So we serve Jesus by serving others, including your spouse. When you serve your spouse, you're serving 
Jesus, when you honor your spouse, you're honoring Christ. I, I have a confession to make. I don't always get this right. My, my wife is in the room and she will tell you that. Don't ask her. I don't want you to ask her. <laughs> but do we always get it all right? No, 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 no. I don't always get it all right, but I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm growing. And you need to, too. So, so honor flows from hearts that love and worship Jesus. And when we honor God, he honors us. And when we honor others, we're actually honoring our Savior. And it should flow from a heart that is being sanctified, being changed by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. Number two, write this down, the lifestyle of honor. It illustrates the relationship between Christ and his bride. We are the bride of Christ. We are the church. We are the church. And, and when we honor, when we honor, live honorable lives, it actually illustrates the relationship between Christ and the church. Let, let me show you this in scripture. Ephesians 5.31. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way that Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband because it illustrates the way Christ and the church are one. It illustrates the way Christ and the church are one. Let me say it this way. We read that last verse. Okay, well, there it is, Pastor Justin, that, that, that each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. That, that's, those are statements of honor. I honor you. I'm going to show you my love. I honor you. I'm going to show you respect. I honor you, and I'm going to live my life for your good, which is what the definition of love is, living for the benefit of someone else. If you live for your own benefit, everybody, that's called selfishness. Love is always generous. It's always living for the good of someone else. And when you live a life that honors your spouse, then you're actually illustrating the relationship that is meant to be between Christ and his bride or Christ and the church. Let me say it a different way. That you are showing others what true love actually looks like. And it is meaningful to them when they see it. It's meaningful to them. So you can have grandchildren that don't know Jesus, that don't love Jesus, but they can see grandma and grandpa have been married for 50 years and they just love each other and they have fun with each other and they honor each other. And they're like, wow, you know what? I've got the, the best grandparents ever. I, I don't, I, I mean, they're just living a different life. And what you're doing is you're illustrating the relationship between Christ and his bride. You're illustrating the love of God to his people, everybody. And it's meaningful to those who are watching you. In fact, that's why, remember in, in 1 Peter, I believe it's 1 Peter chapter 3, 
that there's this portion of scripture that a lot of ladies, as my wife and I have met with them and talked with them, and this has been dozens of times, they don't really like this portion of scripture. That, that the Bible says this, that, and oftentimes this happens in the world, that sometimes um, uh, um, a, a woman marries a man, a Christian woman marries a man who's not a Christian, or else they were neither Christians, and then she comes to Christ, and he doesn't, and they come in and they say, well, I don't know what to do because I'm, I'm unequally yoked now. I'm a Christian, but but he's not, and I don't really, I don't really know what to do. And we always take them to First Peter chapter three, and this is what. Can, can we read that together, everybody? Can we just read First chapter, First Peter chapter three? Let me pull this up real quick. So I, I think this is going to help you. I, I pray that it does. What, what's this, wives? In the, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husband, so that if any of them, so that if any of them do not believe the word, that they're not a Christian. They're not believers, that they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and the reverence of your life. When they just see that you are honorable and that you live to honor and you live to serve and you do that in purity and you do that in love, that that could be the greatest witness in your entire life. And it's, it's not laying these little booklets next to his, his end table or his nightstand and like in the bathroom, boy, I hope he reads this, you know, like it's not manipulating your husband to see things. Or to hear things, oh, you know what, honey, I just was thinking, I know this is our vacation, but I'd really like to listen to this podcast about what it is to really love Jesus. He's thinking, oh, no, it's going to be one of those vacations. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not about manipulating your husband into a relationship with Christ. In fact, I would tell you, you know when you're being manipulated, so does he. And that's not meaningful to him. And vice versa. Because sometimes it's the man who knows Jesus, but the wife doesn't. And God hasn't given you a spirit of manipulation. Oh, that's good stuff. He wants you to honor. He wants you to live a life of purity. Of being servant-hearted. He wants you to live a life of honor. And that would be meaningful to those who aren't in relationship with Christ. Because it illustrates the love of God in our lives. Just telling you that's how the Bible reads. So if you're in this room and you're married to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Can I tell you something? Just embrace 1 Peter chapter 3. And don't live your life to manipulate just live your life in service and love and in purity and reverence for Christ because that's what's contagious. And if you're not married in this room, don't you dare start dating somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Don't you do it. Well, pastor, I, I, I just think it's the right thing for me because I think I'm in love. I think God just brought this person. No, he didn't. The Bible is very clear about that. See, see, and people don't understand this. Can I, just, can I talk to the singles in this room for a second? 
People don't understand this. Well, I don't, I don't understand why. Why can I, I'm a Christian, but why can I date? Because I think eventually he, he shows interest and he's telling me and she's saying that it's okay, that she's okay with my relationship with Christ and she's just not there yet. And I don't see what the, the big deal is this, everybody, that you are building a foundation upon Jesus Christ, but they're not. And when you have a different foundation than they have and the two become one, all of a sudden you don't have a stable foundation at all. And it's a life of misery. And it's a life of conflict. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, singles, single, singles, if you're a devoted follower of Christ, you hold out for God's best in your life. And don't you dare settle. Don't you dare settle. Because when you find the one that God has for you, he or she will be worth the wait. I promise you that. They'll be worth the wait. So honor flows from hearts that love and worship Jesus. It illustrates, it illustrates, honor illustrates the relationship between Christ and his church. And number three, many never reap honor because they never, because they never sow it. They never reap honor because they fail to sow it. Well, pastor, I want to be honored in my, in my marriage. Okay, you need to sow it then. You need to, you need to start. I, I love, how many have ever gone through the Love and Respect seminar or the book by Emerson Egrets? Anybody ever gone through Love and Respect? Oh, we got to do that here at the church. There's way too many who hasn't. So he says the statement about people who are like, well, you know, I, I know I need to do this, but she needs to do this. Well, I know I need to do this, but he needs to do this. And, and then the question is, well, who goes first? And he said he was really praying about this, like asking the Lord, how do I, how do I, how, how do I answer that for the people who, because the wife would say, well, I want my, my husband to be, and I'll, I'll, I'll do it when he does it, because he has to go first. He's a spiritual head of our home. And, so, and, and, then, and then the husband's saying, well, listen, I... You know what? I, it just be you know when I just start getting a little bit of respect from her, I'm sure I could. I'm sure I'll start doing the same. So who goes first? Who goes first? And he has this brilliant answer. This brilliant answer, and he says it this way: the, the one who's most mature, the one who's most mature, they're the ones that move first. They're the ones that say, "Hey, no matter what you do, I'm going to do my job, and I'm going to do it well, and I'll even do it first. I'll even do it first. So many never reap honor because they fail to sow honor. And can I tell you, yeah, but pastor, I'm angry. I'm angry. Yeah, we all get angry. But sow honor. Act honorably in your marriage, in your relationship. Just show honor. Give weight to the person that you are married to as if it's the day of your wedding. Because nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Meaning, meaning this, that same, that same covenant that you made on the day of your marriage still stands to this day because it's not a contract, it's a covenant. And covenants are eternal. So honor your spouse. Let's see what Galatians chapter 6 says. Verse 7 says this. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. 
So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we just don't give up. If we just don't give up. So don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired. Let me say it this way, husbands and wives. Don't get tired of showing honor to your spouse. Don't get tired of that. Well, I just keep doing it, Pastor, and I just get nothing in return. So what's the other choice? Not doing it and making things even worse, right? Or I'm just not going to do it anymore. Well, that's really going to help, isn't it? Because see, you know that. You know that, well, I'm just not going to do it. You know that that's not going to help. But yet we convince ourselves that, well, well, I deserve to act bad. I deserve to, to, to treat them the way that they're treating me. And I deserve to, to get my opinion out there and to tell them what I really think. It, can I tell you something? If, if, you're, if you're to that point, you need some help. You, you just need some help. And I want you to know here at New Song, we're here to help you. That's what we do. We love to do that. And All you, all you have to do is call us and say, Pastor Justin, I just need some help. Our, our marriage, we just need some help. And I'm, I'm just telling you, we'll, we'll be here for you. We'll be here for you. But there's others in this room that, you, you know, you just got some tweaking to do in your, I didn't say twerking. I did not say that. It's a tweaking. I'm sorry, I had to lighten it up a little bit, everyone. I just had to lighten it up. You got some tweaking to do in, in your marriage because, you know, it's, you got a great marriage, but things just could be better. I, I think probably most people here in the room, we, we've probably been there. Maybe most of us are right now. It could just be better. Could you just decide today, you know what? I, I got to build honor back into my relationship with my, with my spouse. I just got to build honor back into it. I'm just going to start honoring them like I should. I've, I've just gotten a little bit lazy on the honor part, and I'm, I'm going to start doing that. And then you just do it. You just go home and you just honor. You, you just live to honor. But if things run deep, if it's not just, a, it's just, if it's not just some small corrections along the way and, and you have some deep-rooted bitterness or unforgiveness or anger, disappointment, just come and talk to us and, and we'll help you out. And whatever, whatever happens in our office, we have this saying, hey, whatever, whatever gets said here stays here. Like we don't, we don't go telling everybody. We don't, we just don't do that. It's going to be confidential. So what, what I'd like you to do is, is I, I, I guess I, I want us to stand up because I'm, I'm going to end this in a little bit different of a way. I, I wrote a blessing down and you know me, I love to speak blessings over, over people and And especially uh, for those who are sitting uh, right here, right next to your, uh, your your husband or your wife, or maybe you're engaged to them, I give you permission just to put your arm around each other. It's all right. And uh, could, could you just do that if you're if you're if you're married, if you're engaged? Could you just um, put your arms around each other and just hold each other? And I'm gonna I'm gonna bless you today with something that God just poured into my heart. Um, 
and, and actually I wasn't going to end like this and it just happened this morning it just happened this morning that, that the Lord just spoke to me and he told me exactly how I was going to end this how I needed to end this and, and I wrote this very specifically this blessing I'm going to speak over you and I want you to receive it so, so as you have an arm around each other could both of you all take the other arm and just raise it to the Lord and receiving this blessing together is what we're doing as a couple you're receiving this blessing I should say as one you are receiving this blessing. Dearest New Song family, may your marriage always bring glory to God, joy to one another, and blessings to your family for many generations to come. And may you face every challenge hand in hand and side by side, knowing that by God's grace and power, you'll conquer all obstacles together. And I bless you with hearts of honor towards God first and then towards one another. And may you not only understand biblical mutual submission, but embrace it wholeheartedly and without reservation. I bless you, New Song, with the restoration of trust in one another. Receive it now. Come on, let's just take a moment. Just receive it now. Just tell the Lord. This is a Holy Spirit moment here. Just tell the Lord, Father, I receive a restoration of trust in my spouse. I receive it now. I receive it now. The Holy Spirit won't let me move on yet. I receive it now. In the name of Jesus, I receive it now. I receive it now. Lord, heal my family. Heal my church family, God. Heal marriages, Father, I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That trust has been restored. New song, I also bless you with hearts of forgiveness for things done in the past in the present and even in the future may your marriage be healed supernaturally by the power of the spirit of God and may all selfishness and bitterness and anger and disappointment be torn out by the roots and replaced with the things of God that includes patience and kindness and generosity and humility and honor and may Jesus Christ be established as the focal point in your lives, in your marriage, and in your home. New song, I speak these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I say in this day, it is done. So be it. Amen. In Christ Jesus. Hey, listen, this is what we're going to do now. No, no, no. Go ahead. Give your spouse a big old hug, and you can kiss them if you want to. I don't care. New song, I love you. Have a great day in the Lord, and happy Valentine's Day to you guys. God bless you. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. 
thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.